Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside my good friend who is is awake, has not celebrated too hard, is still able <laughs> to join me on the podcast today from the Bucks Radio Network. He's been hosting parties out in the Deer District. He's been doing all sorts of chaotic activities over the last week or so. Uh, it is Justin Garcia. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app. And then you can join me. So if you're listening to this on your normal podcast feed, then you're missing out because we've got Bucks fans, listeners jumping in the the green room chat room right now, and they're jumping in. Everyone's pretty fired up, as they may well be. Now, I'm a few minutes late here, Justin, and you're not going to believe this. I was about to go live on the podcast here, and then my, my doorbell or my buzzer rang. You wouldn't believe what it was. We, listen, you know I'm, I'm happy to talk about the sponsors at any time. Uh, I actually just got sent a Lawnmower 3.0. Lawnmower 3.0, <laughs> Manscaped. I always say you got to take care of yourself down under. And so I've got this package. Unbelievable. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it also comes with the, the Weed Whacker uh, nose and ear hair trimmer. I don't think I'm old enough to have ear hair yet, but when the time comes, I'm going to be fully prepared. So shout out to Manscaped for the Lawnmower 3.0. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's that type of stuff or whether it's, you know, just um, trying to avoid getting a hit in the wallabies like Pat Cotter and yesterday, you just got to look after yourself down there. But anyway, Justin, you text me very, very late last night, your time. You were still pretty fired up. And I, and I think in <laughs> shock, in shock that the Bucks did this. Just what has the last sort of 12, 24 hours been like for you? You're in the city. You're feeling it. I can only see it from a distance. Um, I, uh, I still can't really put it into words. I mean, it's not just the last, what, 22 hours, but the last, the last week, when you think about, it was a week ago today that Chris Middleton had the 20 point fourth quarter. And I think that's when we all started to, to feel this is kind of feeling like this could be earmarked for five and that Thursday could be a huge party. And then they have the rug pulled out from under you on Tuesday and then, you get the good news that it's not a season-threatening injury for next season with Giannis. And the way that this team played in the last two games, it's just amazing what this last week has been. And I think going into last night, um, I don't know why, if it was just blind optimism, I really felt like they were going to win games five and six and close it out on the road. I mean, they've, they've closed out every series on the road so far this season. But it felt like, especially after you heard P.J. Tucker talk after game four, that felt like that's what had been missing for the last two years from this team, that just that player on the court that, that is vocal and says, no more of this. We're going to win this game. We're going to win this series. And that's exactly how they came out in those two games. So when we got to a minute left and P.J. Tucker hit that three is when, you know, you should have felt really comfortable. But I think a lot of us that have seen 
the Bucks and other teams in Wisconsin have the rug pulled out from under him, you were still a little cautious. But when Nate McMillan started to pull his starters with 30 seconds left, it was uh, it was just shock of, holy cow, they actually did this. And getting to see the trophy presentation, and uh, there was a lot of Bucks personnel that was in the arena where we were doing the games from, so I had a chance to see a lot of uh, people that didn't make the trip to Atlanta, and there was a, a mini party of sorts inside the arena that I got to uh, witness, and uh, somebody even brought me one of the championship hats, too. So it, it was just an incredible scene, and leaving the arena close to 1 in the morning and, and seeing a line of people to go into the pro shop and people still out in the Deer District celebrating, it was it was just insane. Yeah, I think that's probably been the biggest thing for me, and it's so funny. I mean, I, I'm I'm really fortunate that I had a lot of people, Bucks fans, either message me on Twitter or just comment on on one of my tweets and and saying, oh, "Can you get back to Milwaukee? Can you get here?" <laughs> and and I I really appreciate that. Honestly, I, I will say that seeing the celebrations and then the players and then realizing um, that they're going to be in the finals. I, I will say the last 12 hours, for the first time this whole playoff run, I, I've started to be a little bit um, sad about the fact that I'm not going to be there, only because I, I never thought that, you know, obviously moving to Milwaukee and then the, the playoff run that they had and being in Toronto when they lost, I didn't think that they would get to the finals and, and I wouldn't be there. I just figured that I would be there. Like, that was the path that yeah. I was on. So the fact that this is happening now and then you don't know when you're going to get this chance again, um, for my own selfish reasons, I, I, it's it sucks a little bit. But having said that, um, we've got people in the chat room here that are, are all over the world. So uh, there's a lot of people that would love to be there. And, and I'm just happy for the locals. I've said this the whole time, but anyone that wants to jump in, you can just uh, hit speaker request and we'll get you on. The one thing I, I did want to say, and I'm actually writing something about it now, but we, we spoke about players stepping up and it, and it's always like such a throwaway line when you hear players say well it's next man up i mean it's just it's just right out of the textbook it's what everyone says but i spoke about the numbers that we had for drew and chris both averaging over 25 points getting you close to 10 rebounds seven eight assists each the steals what they did on the defensive end and it, it's it's it was remarkable to me that those two guys even though game five it was overshadowed a little bit, the fact that when you need it at most, and again, we've spoken about this particularly with Chris, even through yesterday's game, there was a lot of people saying, well, this is Chris Milton on the road. And it's like, well, did you watch the road game like less than a week ago when he, he scored 20 in the fourth and they won? But to have those two guys step up the way they did in the most important moments while Giannis is on the bench and unable to play, I mean, that's, that's what wins you championships. That's what puts you in these positions. Um, and it gives you a shot to be there. So, I, again, I mean, just not enough can be said about those guys and and the way they delivered when the team really needed it. McQuaid said his phone timed out. So let's go back to him now. Let's, let's see Let's see if we can get this working. Hey, Ken, are you there? Yeah, I got you, man. Well, where, where are you? Are you at a playground or something? I can hear kids. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, we're, I'm outside with the family. We're, we're out back. But I've, I got, got the chance to uh, hop on and, and say hi. <laughs> Beautiful. What do you got? What? What? Where'd you watch the game? What are you thinking? How you feel? Uh, well, first of all, Ken, I just want to say I love what you do. I've been following you for a long time. I think you're you're uh, awesome uh, podcaster, if that's the right term. Uh, just keep on doing what you're doing. But I was actually 
Uh, I'm in the Navy, so I was actually on my ship last night, on duty, on the flight deck of my ship in San Diego, <laughs> watching the game on my phone. Um, and and I couldn't I couldn't be happier. It, it feels like uh, it, it's weird to say, but it feels like we we've won so much already, and and we've overcome so much already, and we haven't even, haven't even won the championship yet. And I think that's the, the mindset we got to go forward with is is hey, we can still have our hearts broken. All right, we've we've accomplished so much. We still need to keep our minds minds right on on the championship because it, it, it's so easy to get distracted with how much we've accomplished so far. Wait a second. Can we go back to where you were watching this game? <laughs> what 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 does that scene look like? Was there other Bucks fans? I mean, I guess you're in Wisconsin, so I assume there was. But what's the what's the situation? Oh no, I'm I'm uh, in the Navy. I'm stationed in San Diego, so I'm I'm actually out in San oh, Diego right now. Goodness. Um and uh, yeah, yesterday it was just uh, once every six days. Got duty. Yesterday happened to be my day and. And uh, I was on the flight deck watching it on my phone, streaming it live. Um, <laughs> and all uh, my all my 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 shipmates, the coworkers, were watching me like I was crazy. But I was jumping up and down when when PJ Tucker hit that three. Uh, that was I think that was that was for me was was when it when I, I thought we we're really gonna win is when PJ Tucker hit that three. And and I was following the tweets and following the game, and they started to come back and chip away at the lead. And I said, not again, not another heartbreak. And you no, know, we 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 made it so. No, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for contributing, and uh, that's that's a pretty incredible story. I'm not sure whether there would be a better story of where you watch the game than that, but that's pretty damn impressive. Justin, that's a, he brings up a good point, though, that PJ Tucker 3, we know that he struggled for the majority of the night. A lot of those three-point attempts were wide open. That's going to be the case with PJ Tucker. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to, to get up around that 40% mark, which we all sort of hoped that he would shoot. Uh, coming to Milwaukee, but certainly during the playoffs. For me, the bucket that really stands out, and probably will for a long time, the Hawks close it to six. There's still over three minutes left. And then Drew Holiday pulled off one of the most ridiculous up-and-under, left-handed, yeah. off-the-glass, reverse layups you've ever seen. He had a number of crazy finishes in this game. But that's the bucket for me that I think I'll remember. Yeah, I mean, that the the whole final three minutes really where you started to get nervous I think well once it was knocked below when they went from 22 to 19 to 14 to down to single digits is when you you started to think oh boy we've seen Atlanta do this a number of times throughout the playoffs and the Bucks just had an answer every time yeah. the PJ Tucker three is when I felt like i had a, a pretty big sigh of relief and then when Chris hit the two free throws you felt like this is over, right? And I was still a little surprised to see Nate McMillan concede it at the level, at the point that he did. But when Chris hit those two free throws, you knew for sure they did this. And um, yeah, it, it was it was just, I was, McQuaid brought it up, but I mean, the way that this team responded every time, that uh, to bounce back the way they did after losing Giannis, to answer the Hawks' answers in game six, knowing you don't want any part of a game seven. And I was talking about this with Jim and Zora before the game. Um, and I know one of the questions we had was kind of related to it. We saw the reports and I know you talked about it from Chris Haynes that Giannis was going to be pushing to play in game seven if it got to that point. And, um, you know, I, I certainly think that that was a strong likelihood. I did not want it to go to game seven for a number of reasons. Number one, it was bad enough having to deal with that anxiety during the net series. I didn't want it again, but also you get the sense we would have seen Giannis in some capacity with everything else that started to come out. And I just didn't want that, that I understand 
he is a ridiculously fast healer, but it still seems like that is very, very early that I didn't want any part of Giannis returning that quickly. And then the pressure that's going to come with it, where even if it's 20 minutes or 15 minutes that he plays, you know everybody's going to be looking at him as the savior. It's great Giannis is here and he's going to fix everything. That to me, it, it just felt like, I don't want to put him in that spot and I don't want this team to be in that spot. So let's just close this out now. And, and the way that this team just continued to respond is what I was most impressed with. So I want to continue talking about Giannis here. Uh, we did have a comment in the chat from Alex who asked um, what the update is. I mean, you kind of pointed to it. We don't have anything solid, but I think that the final schedule does work in the Bucks' favor. Before I mention that, I want to talk about Bilt Bar. You know, there's a limited time flavor that I'm just reading here. I'm just looking at it. Built Grasshopper Cookie. It's available this week only from July 6 to July 9. You can get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds pretty good. All the flavor without all that sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Uh, along with that limited time flavor, there's nine more flavors that you can get. And uh, I always say this, but if you if you don't know which one you want to choose, you can get a mix box and you'll get two of each. By the way, the tweets keep coming through. The tweets keep coming through. Uh, the Bucks fans are getting all around Built Bar. They're having them before the game. They're having them post-game. I think I got a tweet last night which looked like it was post-game. It looked like a celebratory uh, Built Bar. But anyway, they're the best tasting protein bar you can get. You, you guys all know that. And uh, make sure you check out that limited-time flavor, Built Grasshopper Cookie. Sounds pretty damn good to me. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your, off your order. Uh, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the road to the finals, this, this ad read used to say road to the playoffs. But no, it's right to the finals because we are at the NBA finals. The coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So let's talk about Giannis here because, I, you know, Frank brought something interesting to the table on the post-game show last night when he suggested that perhaps Trey Young playing worked in the Bucks' favor. Now, of course, if you're an Atlanta fan, you want to trade Young out there because there's always the, the chance that he can get really, really hot and he's going to hit a bunch of those long-range threes and then before you know it, all of a sudden you're right back in the game. That obviously didn't happen. Who knows how limited he was. Uh, I mean, he didn't look himself. He didn't look his aggressive self. But then at times he looked like he was moving well. But I do think when you had him out on the floor, then as we've seen, it, it limited your ability to play Lou Williams because you're not going to put those two guys out on the floor. And it did just change the dynamic a little bit of the Hawks. So one of the reasons why I really didn't want to get to a game seven was because we've seen Giannis come back from an injury before and it's taken him a little bit to get going. And then it just kind of changes the offense a little bit. So I didn't want him to be working through that in a game seven where everything is on the line. Now, the other thing that it does do is it gives him a little bit of breathing room here. Now, I've got the NBA final schedule up in front of me here. So Tuesday night, obviously, game one, and then Thursday. So only one game off between game one and game two. But after that, you're looking at basically two days off between 
game it's three. Every, and another, yeah, it's yeah. two days between every game after that. Yeah, except for game seven, I believe there's only yeah. one. But 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 this is significant for the Bucks because let's just say, and we would all love Giannis to play in game one. There's no doubt about that. But I'm doing my little investigatory uh, social media sleuthing. And I saw that photo of Giannis holding the trophy. It was a beautiful photo. I think the Bucks tweeted the little, the, the emotional emoji or whatever you want to call that. But I was just, I was fixated on the knee. And if you yeah. look at the knee, there's something, he's wearing a compression and there's something underneath it. And I hope that it's a compression sleeve and that's not swelling. But either way, I, I, I think that him playing in a game seven would have been premature. And yeah. I, I just, I just wonder if you play these first two games in Phoenix, we know as the road team, you just try and steal one. You just try and get one of these games. And then if he didn't play until game three, that would that's not till next Monday. That's an entire it's basically week. two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you I'm not saying you be overly cautious and don't play him if he's healthy, but the way the schedule lines up, there's at least a window for him uh, t- to get some rest and potentially uh, some really really important recovery time. Yeah, I thought all along if you could get to the finals, the the absolute best case scenario would be maybe he can play in game three. And again, like like you just laid out the way the schedule is, I think it's going to be 12 days in between when the knee injury occurred to when game three of the finals would be played. So even if that's like a two to three week timetable, that would put you in line with that. But still... I know Giannis is a freak of nature, but also we need to temper our expectations that it's not going to be okay. Here comes Giannis for 40 minutes or 45 minutes and he's averaging 30 plus. Um, So I, I think we all need to level set with that, but also to your point of the kind of trying to investigate what was going on with the knee. I mean, I was talking about this with Zora before we were out in front of the fans yesterday and, you know, we had both said, we noticed Giannis looked perfectly fine when he was out there on the court and walking to the bench. And, and he was doing some stuff, some drills on the court yesterday before the game. And that was the first time. I think he, he did a little bit of shooting before game five or game six. No, game five in Milwaukee and, and looked fine. But you know, Zora and I both noted um, when he was walking into the locker room and when he was off camera, it wasn't severe. But that's when you could notice the limp of, okay, now I'm not around people. I'm out of plain sight. Now I'm going to, you know, not go through trying to hide that limp. That's what it appeared to be. So I still think it's going to take some time for him to come back. The Trey Young thing, I I agree with too, that I I wouldn't suggest the Hawks punted game five, but I kind of had the sense all along he's not going to play in that game and that you would save him. Hopefully he can get closer to 100%. And then, you know, even if you lose game five, you have Trey Young for two games that you're going to need to win to close out. But you know, the risk of that is if you lose and your back's against the wall and, and facing a win or go home situation, well, what if he comes back and he's not, he's clearly not himself? Or, you know, you were playing in such a, a rhythm without him and now you're working him back into the mix and it takes away, as you pointed to, the effectiveness of guys like Lou Williams and you don't have any margin for error. Like, that's the spot, the tricky spot you're in. And then that's where the Bucks would have been in if they're working Giannis back in. I thought it's going to be interesting to see what Trey gives them. And I just didn't think there was any way we would see the Trey Young that we saw in games one through three or the first half of game three, where he was 
the guy that was getting in the lane and doing the floaters and lobs because the way he described the injury and what he was dealing with, he even said after game four, he couldn't plant on that right ankle. So if he can't do that, he can't be doing those floaters and lobs. And that to me was what really hurt the Bucks more than anything. And I think we saw that, that there was only, I think, one floater and one lob that he had. Other than that, it was pretty much just Trey bombing deep threes. And I think two occasions where he had to switch on Brooke Lopez and went to the basket. So I think the Bucks were definitely aided by that. And, and you, you can't help but wonder if you would get the same thing with Giannis. That, you know, the other thing that you couldn't help but notice was late in the game when uh, the Hawks were stuck in the foul game, there, there was no real good options for them to put on the free throw line with Giannis off the court. That I mean, maybe Drew Holiday was the best, but there was a lot about this team that I think potentially is going to be helpful moving forward if you do get Giannis back, that they were able to play a different way with him off the court. And I know they talked about doing the same thing in the regular season, but you were really able to unleash Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. And it, it just feels like if you add Giannis back in the mix, that's not a, okay, now we have to figure out how to play together. That's a, yeah, now we just have more stuff that we can do with him here. It's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. A number of people in the chat suggesting similar things here. If the Bucks do win, particularly game one, then it does allow you to feel like you have a little bit of a cushion. Although, let's be honest, we're talking about the NBA Finals here. You're not really wanting to drop any game, if possible. Uh, we had a couple of questions about Chris Middleton. Uh, Luke said, does Middleton play better on one, one or two days rest? Usually, um, just got the splits in front of me here. Um, this is across... Uh, the regular season here, and so obviously the sample size is a little bit bigger. Uh, on one day rest, he was 42% from three, so obviously a pretty good number. Two days rest, that did bump up to 43% there. His true shooting percentage, 65% on two days rest, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous, and then uh, 58% on one day, and then his numbers really, really, really dropped off on back-to-back. So, uh, look, that's all we know from Chris Milton, but having said that, he put up some pretty good performances in this series against Atlanta. The one thing he did not do was shoot the three ball while he was only 27% from three. We know he really struggled to start the series. He was two for 16 across those first two games um, for Chris. But again, we've seen this from Drew Holiday. We've seen this from Chris Middleton. Um, they've had really cold stretches. They've had off shooting nights, but geez, they've come up big when the Bucks really needed them in the big moments. I actually haven't looked at the betting for this game. Justin, do you, do you know who... The favorite is? It's probably game one. Yeah, I think it was Phoenix by like five and a half for game one. That makes sense, particularly with the the question marks hanging over Giannis. But if you are into that type of thing, you can head over to betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, Baseball also in full swing. I can't believe the Brewers actually lost a game today. It feels like a long time since that happened. But you can get all the odds for basketball, for baseball, for hockey, UFC, MMA, whatever it is. Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Uh, You can get 50% off uh, on on your welcome bonus there if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. So make sure to check that out. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Um, oh, look, look, the listeners are just uh, pulling through here. So, you, you know, the, the Americans might not understand this, but Luke says Phoenix, $1.42 favorites on Sportsbet over here in Australia. And uh, 
Milwaukee two dollars ninety two. So you can get two bucks and ninety two cents of good old Australian dollars if you put one dollar on the bucks in that game. So there you go. So Phoenix favorites, that makes sense. Home court advantage have been obviously pretty strong there as well. Uh, speaking of Phoenix, we're really going to roll onto the Phoenix side of this tonight. In a few hours' time, I'm recording a podcast uh, with the Phoenix Suns reporter, and then we're going to go through, and I'm just going to throw every single question about the Phoenix Suns at him. And then tomorrow, Frank and myself are going to run through uh, the, our side of it, the, the locked-on buck side of the Phoenix preview. So there's going to be two full preview pods before game one. So we're going to have lots of stuff. I really just wanted to do this green room for you guys, for the fans, to just uh, bask in the glory a little bit here. So if there's any other questions you've got, if you want to speak, if you want to just chat about what you did during the game, we're probably going to go for another couple, you know, sort of five to ten minutes here, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, congrats to Tori Craig. We've got that in the chat room. That is a little bit funny uh, when you think about the fact that he's been there and he's been a real contributor. There's no question about it. Um, just couldn't get, couldn't get minutes in Milwaukee. It was a weird situation. Uh, I think at the time... I, I could see why he wasn't playing. Um, certainly, there was some some money-related issues, why they traded him um, basically for cash there as well when they were looking at the luxury tax and those sorts of things. But anyway, sorry, Craig. I think you're a really likable guy, so um, shout-out to him. I actually had a friend text me last night over here in Australia, and they said, you know what the best thing about this NBA Finals is? Is that whether Giannis wins or whether Chris Paul wins, James Harden is going to be pissed off no matter what. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, and what was was it uh, the Bucks? Was it PJ Tucker that had played against his uh, former teammate yeah. in each series so far this year? Also, I should clear something up. Uh, I saw one of the comments. So it's not like Giannis had an exaggerated limp, but there was a bit of a limp. So it, he's not that he's putting it on in front of the camera, but you could, I think, you could definitely notice once he was away from people he was able to relax a little bit and there was a slight limp. So you can see it's still impacting him, but it's not as though, oh man, as soon as, as soon as Giannis is off the court, he can barely walk. So it's not quite that severe, but there's, there's a little bit of a limp there. Well, I've spoke about my history of uh, knee injuries and I'm telling you what's probably not doing him a favor just from my previous experience when you have a bit of swelling or a bit of bruising, standing up for three hours straight. His activity on um, the bench, yeah. <laughs> probably not going to uh, probably not going to help him out uh, all that much there. But again, he is he said, uh, and Bart has said, everyone said, I mean, he can't help it. That's just the, the way he is. And I mean, you look at the Nassus and the way that he carries on as well. I mean, it's just, that's, that's the way these guys are built, which is... Uh, which is why we love them, and uh, and seeing Giannis and celebrate and give that support. They, I, I don't think it was token words from his teammates when they said how much it yeah. meant that he was so invested. I, I, uh, I mean, well, I know you you had kind of talked about it on the podcast with Frank last night, but what what was your favorite part of the night, of the game itself or the post game and, and hearing what the guys said, seeing some of those shots and seeing seeing Bud leap into the arms of Darvin Ham. I mean, what was the favorite part of the night for you? Yeah, I think, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, I know I have a little bit of a reputation as a bud apologist here, so I I don't want to just continue the reputation. But honestly, what about the emotion for Mike Budenholzer? I mean, this is a guy that when they won game seven against Brooklyn, nothing. Stoneface gets in the press coverage, no, we've got more work to do. He he let out like a little bit of a a Ric Flair. He was kind of awkward about it. he sort of half yeah. like did did a woo, and then I think he was like, "What am I doing up here?" He was like, "This feels kind of weird." And then he sort of gave Drew a pat on the back and walked away. But honestly, 
just seeing the, the, that emotion from Bud, I, I think to me, I mean, you saw the players, we know how invested they've been, we knew how excited they were going to be, but to see Bud like that, I mean, that's just not a version of him we have seen uh, at all, ever, across his whole time in Milwaukee. Uh, that was up there for me, and, and seeing him literally leaping into the arms of Darvin Ham and, and letting <laughs> out the, the Ric Flair woo, I mean... Uh, Chris and Giannis embracing as as the game was ending and hearing everything that Giannis's teammates said about him. But like for me too, and, and I know Frank has talked about it quite a bit. I think there's so many guys on this team that you had to feel good for. I mean, obviously Giannis certainly, Chris as as they had talked about, those are the two remaining guys from the 15 win team. Bud showing emotion for maybe the first time in his life, but Brooke Lopez too that. You know, he kind of lost in the shuffle how important Brooke Lopez has been to all of this and coming around the same time as Bud and being responsible or as responsible for a lot of this success as Bud and anybody else that they brought in. And, and oh, by the way, it was only, what, four months ago that you and I on this very show were dealing with people telling us Mamadi Diakite needed to play <laughs> over Brooke Lopez. And Brooke Lopez has been tremendous throughout the playoffs, and he and Chris Middleton – have consistently been their best playoff performers for the last three years. So to get him to, to see him get to experience that was up there for me. Can I just say, Diakite, by the way, Jake Reitz, who, who was, I, I'm look, he, he, he was, he was the, he was the man that fueled the whole Diakite craze. So I have to give him credit for that. Just a few G league videos. And all of a sudden everyone thought that he was, uh, he was the next Giannis or, or, or should be starting ahead of Brook Lopez. So I have to give credit to him. Diakite is such a fun guy to, to watch, though, as well. I mean, the Bucks just have so many great personalities. But the one thing I've noticed uh, with Diakite is no one knows where the camera is more than him. <laughs> this guy is on fire. He, he's a content machine. Um, so shout out to him. Um, he, he is just absolutely awesome. Uh, lots of stuff about Bud in, in the chat room here. MJ says... Uh, Bobby Portis' flex to Giannis after the putback yeah. was one of his favorite moments. That was awesome. Said it before, hard not to love Bobby Portis. Um, I, I think the general consensus here in the chat room is that everyone is really happy for Bud, no matter how they feel about him going forward. And, and we had a, a question right at the top from Alex, who uh, maybe has fell asleep in Greece. I'm not sure. Hopefully he's still with us. But he just said, do you think Bud is safe? I've always said this right through the entire playoff run that I, I can't, I'm not putting a, a round on, on what he needs to do to get to uh, to secure his job. I did think if you lost that series against Atlanta, then he was going to be in trouble. Of course, the circumstances changed because of what happened with Giannis. Who knows? But I just ultimately think, and I've said this the whole time, I mean, it, it's become so easy. And look, Bucks fans are Bucks fans. They watch the team. They know what's going on. But from a national perspective, to me, it's just become so easy to just slander Bud. And anytime anything goes wrong, well, it's Bud's fault. I, again, we spoke about it on the pod yesterday, so we don't need to go into it too much. But I just think that uh, even as this playoff run has progressed, I think he's got better at, as Frank described it, making the, the proactive moves and pulling the right levers at the right time. So, look, again, he's not perfect, but I, I, I just find it hard to like look at the way that he's coached this postseason and say, geez, you have to give him a tick. You have to give him a tick at this point. What does that mean? For him moving forward, I'm not 100% sure. Again, we have to see how this NBA Finals plays out. But listen, he got the team to the NBA Finals. The relief, as a few people mentioned, was very, very real. And and I and I, I 
I just think for him as, as a human, on the human level, to see that relief, he's been through a lot. And he, he understands the question marks, and he understands he's been coaching for his job. So, look, um, happy for him. Happy for him. I don't know what it means for his job moving forward. I still don't think it's, it's 100% locked in. We'll see what happens. Uh, Luke said in the chat that some of Bud's lineups yesterday were really frustrating to watch. Look, I mean, you don't have Giannis. You don't have Dante. You've got a couple of guys that probably have to play that shouldn't be playing. It's it's tough. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's been hard for me to criticize the lineups. They're just so thin. And they we said this, yeah. but this is what they did at the start of the year when they top-ended the roster. When you have a couple of injuries on top of that, it makes things really difficult. Um, so it's it, it, with Giannis, yes, there's been stretches during this postseason where I've been pretty upset with some of the lineups that have played these last two games. It's just been – it's just tough. I, I don't know what you do. Yeah, I mean, we said, you know, play the starters more. He's certainly done that. Do things differently offensively. Do things differently defensively. Be able to play different ways. He's done that. And we've seen adjustments throughout the series. You can criticize it took too long to get there. And maybe you started off doing things like the Hawks game, case in point. The start of the series, I should say, where it's, have you not paid attention to what Trey Young has been doing? But in each of these three series, it feels like Bud's game plan has gotten better. His rotations, as we've talked about before, have tightened up. And I think every coach does that. But he has gotten better throughout each series. And I know it's cherry-picking numbers. But the Bucks are 6-0 and in closeout games now under Bud as the coach. And they're, it's almost plus 100 in point differential in those games. They're 3-2 and when facing elimination under Bud, too. So it's not like they're a team that just rolls over. And... I mean, he's been much maligned, but this year I think he's done everything that everybody asked of him to do. He is well-liked within the organization. And, and I mean, I, I just think, too, seeing Rick Carlisle take a job in Indiana as early as he did leads you to believe he's probably safe. And based off this performance in the postseason, we can nitpick some of the little things, but they're playing for a championship. So I think he should be safe. Yeah, I would generally agree with that. Uh, Mark says he loved how Diakite monitored Giannis on the bench in game six. And those two guys love each other as well. Uh, Claude says that Bud is just contract season coaching. He'll be the same old Bud next year. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't know how else to describe it. You, you think that he's just coached this year because his job was on the line and now next year he's going to go, you know what, I'm going to go away from what got the team to the NBA finals and I, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to be lazy. I'm not going to coach. That makes no sense to me. You can hate Bud, but you don't have to be ridiculous about it. And then uh, Jeffrey says Bud is 6-2 in playoff series as Bucks coach. I mean, I, I've said this all along. It doesn't guarantee his job and whatever happened this year. If, if he lost in this Eastern Conference Finals, probably would have lost his job. Ultimately, he would still go down as one of the best coaches the Bucks have had purely win-loss record-wise. I mean, it, it's just what it is. It was whether or not he could get this team over the hump. The Bucks have been through some stuff, and they're still alive. So we'll see. Again, it's up in the air. Um, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, with the coaching position for sure, but uh, I think he's been absolutely fine. I reckon we should wrap this up. I feel like Bucks fans would be willing to just go and go and go here and just stay in the chat room and keep talking. Uh, but like I said, I've got another podcast coming up in a couple of hours here uh, where we'll talk all things Suns. And then tomorrow uh, I have a podcast with Frank where we do uh, our typical Locked On Bucks series preview as well. And Justin... Um, I know you're going to be busy over the next couple of days, but uh, have, have you really thought about the fact you'll be live in the arena at the NBA Finals in, in a couple of days' time? <laughs> no, and actually, um, it started to sink in because I was just getting some uh, emails and notes from Bucks PR 
telling me uh, some of the procedures and needing to get headshots taken care of and some other things you need to go through on the NBA level. So mm. it's uh, it's starting to sink in, and I don't think I'm uh, I'm spoiling anything here. But um, so when I've been doing this stuff out on the stage with Jim Paschke and Zora before games, I've been working with a lot of the crew that uh, was responsible for Bucks Courtside Live, and um. They had uh, kind of spilled the beans yesterday that it sounds like there's going to be something unique taking place for all road games during the finals. And I know there's a big gathering outside the arena, but there may be some stuff inside the arena for those games as well. I'm intrigued. I'll be, uh, I will certainly be watching from here. Again, uh, all the fans getting together in the Deer District, just unbelievable stuff. It's, uh, I love it. I love seeing the city having so much fun as they are. And uh, screw anyone that says that Milwaukee's not a fun city to be in. I can tell you, I moved from Australia and I love that place. So I'm pumped to see everyone having fun. And I'm sure in the finals, it's going to be one hell of a party, regardless of what the series is at by the time it gets back to Milwaukee in game three. Uh, Everyone, just uh, catch up on some sleep. Drink some water if you need to. Eat healthy for a couple of days and get yourself prepared because it's going to be a big couple of weeks for everyone. Like I said, make sure you keep following the show. Uh, lots of stuff coming your way. Uh, Justin, always appreciate hanging out with you. And to everyone in the chat room, this was awesome. Uh, if you're listening on a normal podcast feed, the Green Room, Spotify Green Room app, you can download. You can follow me at Kane Pittman, and then we do these. They're a little bit different pods. We don't dive into it as deep as we normally do on the show. We just have some fun getting the chat room and let you guys get involved. Shout out to McQuaid for jumping on the show a little bit earlier as well. You guys are too shy. You're just going to request to speak. Come on, just talk some shit. Do whatever you want to do. We have some fun. Uh, But until next time, stay safe. We'll catch you guys.